0: Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today I'm sharing the audio version of a webinar that I put on on how to build taproom scorecards for your brewery. We're going to cover four different types of scorecards that you can create. The first is a sales focused scorecard to help you grow revenue. The second we're going to cover operational metrics to help you improve non-financial performance. Third will be financial metrics, how to watch your financial results and ultimately improve them. And lastly, we'll cover what we'll call the One Thing scorecard, really a scorecard to help you focus on the one most important thing in your brewery. So for now, please enjoy the audio version of the webinar on how to build taproom scorecards for your brewery. This is Craft Brewery Finance. Today, we're going to cover taproom metrics and, in particular, scorecards and how to create your own scorecard for your Tap room. So we're going to cover kind of some basic stuff to begin with. Really, what is the purpose of the scorecard? What benefit do you want to get from it? I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers, and I can talk numbers all day. But you know, at the at the end of it, really, what you want is to is to be measuring for a purpose, creating scorecards for a purpose. So We want to talk about the benefits and how you make sure you get the results that you want out of it. Um, and ultimately, ultimately, it's about identifying and measuring the most important things to you, to your business, to your brewery, to your taproom. And we'll talk about how you can figure out what that is and then ultimately how to measure it, how to get it on a scorecard so people can see it every day and help you achieve those goals. And then we're going to look at four specific scorecards. These are examples. These are templates that you can use. Uh, One is going to be sales focused. That tends to be the most popular is, is looking at how to grow taproom revenue. So we'll have a template on that. The second one is going to be focusing on Key metrics, and these may be operational metrics, finance metrics, um, social media stats, things of that nature, looking at industry averages so you can benchmark against other breweries and look at your own historical performance. The third one we're going to look at is like a mini uh, PL, a mini profit and loss. It's just a very simplified version of an income statement that you can use for your tap room. And then lastly, we'll look at go the opposite direction, we'll go ultra simple, and we're going to look at the one thing scorecard so basically that's based on a book called the one thing if you haven't read it i check it out it's pretty good and it's basically focusing on just simply one number one metric one item that's most important and just distilling it down we tend to get over complicated sometimes and the one thing helps to really kind of simplify it and again focus on your most important thing so quick introduction my name is carrie shumway i am a cpa a cfo and a numbers guy I combined my love of beer and my love of numbers to create craft brewery finance, and I think it's a match made in heaven. So I spent 15 years as CFO for a beer distributor in the Northeast, and I'm currently a partner and CFO for Wormtown Brewery located in Worcester, Massachusetts. As I said, I'm the founder and publisher of Craft Brewery Finance and also Beer Business Finance, which is primarily for beer distributors, but covers the distribution side of, of our business. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can check that out at beerbusinessfinance.com. Just like with craft brewery finance, there's a, there's a free uh, trial on the subscription so you can check it out for free. So my purpose in creating all this stuff is really to share what I've learned and to shorten the learning curve for you guys so you can create a financially successful business and specifically a financially successful brewery. So what we're going to cover today, taproom metrics and scorecards, is an excerpt from the larger course, uh, which is available on Craft Brewery Finance, which is uh, how to boost your taproom profits. And there's five modules, and let's go through these real quick, the five modules of the course. The first module really focuses hot and heavy on revenue, how to grow taproom sales, some very specific ideas and ideas from other breweries, uh, things that I've seen have worked very well. Second module is a deeper dive on actual financial reporting. I'm talking like general ledger, chart of accounts, you know, deep, deep stuff with an emphasis on trying to keep it simple. You know, we want to create financials that are usable. One thing I've seen in my experience is financials are not usable and people run away from them. They don't want anything to do with them. Uh, One of my, I think the core tenets of my philosophy is you get the numbers have to be Simple enough so people can use them, take action on them, and uh, get results. So that's really what Module Two is focused on: is digging into financial reporting that makes sense for your tap room. Today we're going to cover Module Three, which again is your tap room metrics. We're going to look at those templates and allow you to uh, create something so you can benchmark your results. Fourth module is about a point of sale system: how to select it uh, so you get the best choice, and hopefully there's some resources in here that would save you time and money. And making the right selection. And in the fifth module, we look at case studies and best practices from other breweries, so you can learn from them. This is just a quick look inside the craft brewery finance membership area. So you get access to all this stuff with your with the subscription. There's tap room, beer distribution, financial, and so forth. Uh, But again, just kind of a quick look. All the courses are included, including the tap room course, are included with your membership fee. There's some budgeting courses, guides just tons of tools and, and resources, and I'm, I'm adding to it uh, literally daily, so it's it's changing all the time. So I'll have uh, some more information on that as we move along. So the goal of the webinar, really what we wanna do, what I hope you take from this is kind of a path to create a scorecard for yourself. So you'll have an ability to, to measure your taproom financial performance, and really with the intention of you know increasing profitability, if that's your goal, increasing sales, if that's your goal, customer service, um, but it's really creating a scorecard so you can you know measure, manage, and improve that number. So what's the point of a scorecard what is what is the purpose of all this? really? we want to show the goal or the goals that we want to accomplish. We want to keep those in front of ourselves and our our team every day and keep it simple, keep it to one page or one number if you can. so it's easy to see how you're doing you don't want to leave through a whole binder of I mean you can do that. That's what your you know other operational and financial reports are for but this scorecard is really like let's just distill it down to simple and using numbers key metrics to communicate the goal i think is important too so you can just glance at it what's our goal where do we stand in relation to it um, that's that's really the purpose of the scorecard so you can keep it front of mind every day it's measuring the most important thing so this is a uh, you know, a saying is the most important thing is remembering the most important thing. And how often do we forget, whether it's in our personal lives or in our businesses, you know, the day is just gone and we didn't do that most important thing. So the scorecard is really designed to help you identify what's most important and then truly remember it every day. It's very simple, but it works extremely well. So it helps you focus on on doing what's most important. So how do you figure out what's most important? The most useful Question that I ask myself is really what keeps me up at night. You know, what do I, what am I worried about in the business? What problems do I think are lurking out there? What do I know in my gut that I really need to, to take care of? Uh, so, what keeps, what keeps you up at night? So, I'd say to figure out what's most important for you, for your brewery, for your taproom. Is just ask that simple question of yourself. For me, you know, it's it's always about cash flow. I'm a big Big cash flow guy. Uh, We're not going to get into that too much today, but basically, cash keeps me up, and particularly running out of cash. You know, we we run very capital intensive businesses. We need a lot of equipment. Uh, We've got, you know, in many cases, warehouses and so forth. So, cash is pretty darn important. So, I've developed a scorecard that I look at every day. It shows what my cash position is. You know, how am I looking now? What upcoming spends do I have? I look at capital expense planning. When am I going to need to replace stuff? I look at my basically my debt situation? What are what are the relationships with the bank? Do we have enough liquidity? What do we do if there's a downturn? So I try to capture that in a simple form. But for me, that's a, a very focusing question. What keeps you up at night? Other questions you can ask yourself to try to tease this out. You know, What's the biggest opportunity that you've got out there to take advantage of? And again, often we'll, we know what they are and it's just a function of actually doing it. Or again, what, what's the biggest problem you need to fix? So those are a couple of questions you can ask yourself to try to identify. Before you just dive in and create a scorecard, you really want to know what's most important. Uh, what am I measuring here? Some other keys to success, you know, I find we all know that communication is extremely important and extremely hard to get it right. So here's a formula that I've used uh, that, I, that I think works pretty well in terms of communicating uh, your scorecard results and uh, helping engage your team i'm a big fan of involving you know open book management high involvement planning and this is one methodology uh, that will help you with that so justin asks will i send the slides yes i'll I'll email these to you guys after first of all it's it's really just a a couple of steps to follow to know the score so to know the score you got to show the score so if it's if it's just you and the scoreboard okay that's fine but you know, my mantra is kind of don't play hide and seek with this information. If you've got people on your team and you've got a goal that's important to you, you want to win the game, you want to achieve the score, you gotta, you got to share it with them. you got to show it to them so that they know what it is. The second part is really educating your team on how it works. So some scores are pretty straightforward and simple. There's not much to talk about. Others are a little more complicated. So for example, let's just say maybe your goal is to increase your revenue per barrel. Well, not not everybody on your team is going to know what a barrel is. You know, it's thirty-one gallons, right? A brewer barrel. Sometimes we talk in different terminology. So, educating your team on how the score works, most importantly, how they can help you win and achieve the score, because everybody wants to play a part. They want to they want to make a difference. Um, you just got to give them uh, the education to help them out. Setting a goal is is an obvious part of this. Look at your past performance. Look at benchmarking against other breweries, and ultimately with a goal of improvement, monitoring the score and tracking progress. This is one thing that the scoreboards tend to fall apart here. We'll create the score. We're all excited about it. We put it out there and then we don't update it. It's got to be updated regularly, uh, monitored regularly. And we want to track progress towards the goal. Otherwise people are going to start losing interest or think it's, it's just not that important. And the lastly is really just to reinforce the good, the good that people are doing. So when you achieve the goal, celebrate the win. And obviously free beer is good for that. So some benchmarking basics and my thoughts on rules of thumb and industry averages. You know, I, th- they do have a purpose and they are they can be useful, but only to a point. My my uh, recommendation is really put the emphasis on your own historical performance. You know, how have you done? How is your tap room done? Your brewery done? Your team done? And that's much more relevant for everybody. When you're putting a score out there and you're saying, you know, we've we've only achieved X, but the industry average is 10 X. You know that's a that may be a little bit tough to achieve out of the gate. So I find these generally uh, useful with a lot of caution. So my recommendation when you're benchmarking, when you're setting your goals, really measuring against yourself first. This is something I'm I'm taking a lot more interest in these days. Is process, uh, and I'll say process goals versus outcome goals. So a process goal is really what you control, what you what you do. It's action that you take. You know, maybe it's greeting every customer. And telling them about an upcoming event. You know, every customer that walks through the door, hey, did you hear about we have a, an event coming up on such and such a day? So that's a that's a process, that's action, that's measurable too. Outcome is really the result. So you can tell everybody about that event, the outcome, whether they come or not, you, you only have a limited amount of control over that. So really it's looking at metrics or goals from a process, what you control and what actions you can take, an outcome, which is obviously what results you want. I think you need both of these, but we tend to get really hung up on outcomes and then we don't hit the goal and we're all frustrated. So there should be a relationship between the two of these uh, process, what you do and outcome, the actual results that you get. So I would recommend you know giving that some thought and integrating that into your scoreboard if it makes sense for you. So some scorecard lingo. So terminology, All right, we talked a lot about a key metric. What the heck is a key metric? It's a big fancy definition if you look it up. Quantifiable measure used to track and assess the status of a business. I have no idea what that is, but I, I would say a key metric is a number you should look at every. Day. And going back to your most important thing, it's measuring something that's either keeping you up at night, or it's an opportunity you want to take advantage of. It's a problem you need to fix. You know, as as just starting points. So a key metric, just think of it. it's a number you should look at every day. That's it. Next is BBL or a barrel. So it's a unit of measure. I, I imagine most people know what this is, but it probably bears putting out there since uh, we'll use this in some of the upcoming examples. So we're looking at a brewer barrel, a measurement of 31 gallons of beer. Terminology on revenue, sales, top line, income. We, these, these words are relatively interchangeable, but they can become confusing. Income could be net income. In a, that's your bottom line. Income could be sales and so forth. For the purposes of what's coming up, I'm going to really try to stick to revenue and sales. It all means the same thing. It's all your top line. EBITDA, one of my favorite words. This 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 word causes a reaction. I think uh, some people really uh, don't like this. Others uh, just rely on it. I, I'm bringing it up here because for two primary reasons. One is banks love this number. So if you're looking to borrow money, they're going to want to know, what's your EBITDA? So it's earnings before your interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization. That's a lot of accounting mumbo jumbo. Basically, what they're trying to get to is it's a modified form of your earnings. And in some respects, in some respects, it's a crude way of measuring cash flow. So why do you care? Bankers care. Why else do you care? If in the future you're ever considering selling your business, your brewery, your tap room, um, buyers are going to want to know this number. They just do. They look at it. They're going to look at other stuff too, but it's very helpful to know EBITDA, what it is, who uses it, who cares about it. For you measuring your own internal financials, I think it's worthwhile to, to just spend a little time with it. So that's, that's just some quick scoreboard lingo. So now let's get into scoreboard templates. So we're going to look at these four, focusing on uh, different things. So our first scorecard templates is going to focus on sales. Uh, then we're going to look at some key metrics, benchmarks, industry averages. And then we're going to look at a profit and loss scorecard. And in parentheses, I call it a huddle scorecard because this is part of, if anyone's read the book, The Great Game of Business by Jack Stack, excellent book. A lot of open book management. He uses a terminology of a huddle, which is basically kind of like a football huddle. People come together, you talk about, you know, what your plan is for the day for the week where you stand relative to the score and you go out and you break the huddle and you go out and, and try to win the game. So it's creating a scorecard with the concept of, you know, sharing the information. And usually when I say this, people get a little bit nervous because they're like, I don't want to, I'm not really comfortable sharing dollars or, or financial info. that's fine. You don't have to, you can put it in percentages. There's different ways to present the information where you're not in your face showing somebody what your dollar sales are, or your bottom line if you're not comfortable sharing that information. And then lastly, we'll look at you know very simple one thing scorecard. So it's really like I guess if you're gonna start anywhere with this with a scorecard, I would I would recommend you start with that, the one thing, just keep it really simple. doesn't even have to I mean you may put your one thing down and realize, well, that's not actually my one thing. That's fine. Just I would recommend getting started, it just gets the momentum going. So sales focused scorecard. We're gonna focus on our, our revenue, our sales, and specifically the metrics that are gonna support that number. So you can look at sales in whatever measurement you want. But here, if it's sales in dollars, you wanna look at it by day, by week, by month. You can look at different categories. Uh, you can do the measurement in barrels. These last two I particularly like is looking at how many customers per day, per week, per month, budgeting based on that and looking at how much they're spending when they come in. So we've got some good, you know, industry data on that. You can gather if you don't have already your own historical information on this stuff. And so we'll look at this in action here. This So here's here's just a, uh, an example. And again, these are five metrics relative to sales. They may not be the right uh, five for you. Uh, But these could at least get you started. These are the ones that that we use in our in our tap room and and we we look at all the time. So the basic construction here is we want to look at the three columns across the top, your actual June of 2017, your trend for June of 2018 and your June 2018 goal. We're basically from left to right, we're saying where have we been, where are we now, and where do we want to get to? This for me is extremely helpful because it gives you some context for not only your goal, but where you are where you are right now. So if we're looking at total sales, uh, in this example, last June, we did 100,000. And uh, our trend for this June, you know, maybe it's only the beginning of the month, or we're trending towards 105, but our goal is 115. So real quick, you can see what did we do last year? What are we trending towards and what was our goal? And you can use the next line, sales growth, plus 10%, plus 5%. You can use that in conjunction with the dollars or in Uh, replacement of. If you don't want to put dollars out there, you can just simply put share sales growth plan is plus 15. Tell the team, hey, we're at plus five. We got to huddle up and figure out how we hit our goal. Average ring per customer. Um, Again, most point of sale software is going to be able to uh, grab this stuff for you. So you don't have to do any math. We use Toast. Uh, There's a million uh, point of sale software out there. They all should have pretty good reporting. So your average ring per customer, your total visits, should be kind of a click of the button type report so in this example you know last june we did 21 dollars and change per customer our goal is to get it to 24 and we're trending at 22 and uh, change there customer visits same idea so again it's about what are the metrics that are you going to support your sales uh, put a goal out there and show your team where you stand in relation to the goal and most importantly if you're not hitting your goal it's to really talk about how you're going to get there so the numbers are not a thing unto themselves. You know, they really have to be information that we can use to make uh, better decisions and ultimately uh, take action when necessary. This is just another quick look at a sales-focused scorecard, and this you could do by by category. So if you, if you want to look at and drill down on, say, draft beer, package beer, and so forth, you can take the same approach. So again, we're looking at last year historical. We're looking at our trend so far this month, this year, and we're looking at our our goal for the month. And this is all based on a month. You could do this daily, you could do it weekly, you could do it quarterly, whatever period is most relevant. I tend to do it in months, but certainly if it's more relevant to do it each day, that can get a little unwieldy depending on how much data you're gathering, but certainly it's, it's extremely relevant information. So next scorecard is the key metric scorecard. So what are some common metrics you guys may have your own uh, these are just, just a few examples of popular ones that I've seen. So looking at payroll, you know what you pay your people as a total percentage of sales, and you're benchmarking off of, and again, keep, keep these with a big grain of salt. Industry average is 20% or less of your total sales. Taproom manager salary, benchmarking 50% or less of your monthly sales. So if your monthly sales, let's just use a number, 100 grand, 50%, fifty percent, fifty grand—that's where you want to benchmark your room manager salary. Employee turnover, you know, service industry—you know—you may or may not be experiencing high turnover. Seventy percent or less per year is an average. That seems remarkably high to me, but that's what the average is. So again, look at what your historical number is. Sales per square foot. So this is kind of giving you an eyeball at um, if you're leasing your space. Um, then obviously you've got to make that money back. There's all sorts of other operating uh, costs that are out there. Uh, So this, again, is just a benchmark. If your lease cost is higher, then obviously this number has got to go up. Gross margin, basically the sales minus your cost of sales, you want 70% or more. And your revenue per barrel, I mean, 600 bucks is pretty much at a minimum. You want to try to be north of $1,000. So Larry is asking, where does the trend number... Come from not understanding the relationship between it and the previous year actual and goal. Uh, sorry, Larry, I didn't see that when we were on that slide. Oh, okay, oh, I got you. So the trend number, basically, what we're going to look at is, depending on where we're at in the month, we're going to have actual, we're going to have actual sales data, and then we're going to have forecasted sales data. So that trend number, you're going to want to build up probably on a separate. You know, just get some scratch paper or, or, or something on the side that says, all right, it's June 15th in this example. And our sales at this point are 55,000. Let's project what we expect for the next couple of weeks in June. So so that's really the trend. Uh, and that does take a little bit of thought because you don't necessarily know. What what I've typically done is I've said, all right, my goal for the month, my budget for the month is in that example, say 115,000. And right now, if I'm halfway through the month, and i'm trending, you know, lower than that. I'm going to use my actual and then i'm going to expect that the second half of the of the month is going to be at my budgeted goal number. And you can change that up, but that's typically how we would do kind of that trend. So hopefully that hopefully that helps. So other items you can measure on your your key metrics. They can be operational statistics, they can be marketing or social media stats. So for example, you know how many friends likes, follows, you know, that can be on your scoreboard. Uh, we've already covered year-over-year year, or month-over-month month sales trends you can do year-over-year. Turns-by-handle, I think, is interesting. Looking at the velocity of, of what's selling, not just what's selling in your taproom. We probably have a pretty good idea of what, your, what our best sellers are and so forth. Uh, but really looking at, you know, that's valuable real estate up there. What What is the velocity of each handle? So that's an interesting metric. Customer happiness, satisfaction, um, that's another thing that you could put on. So really the idea is... You can borrow these or add your own, You know, use what works. So here's just a quick example of a key metrics scorecard. And again, we're using the same concept of our actual for last June, our trend for this June and our goal. And then we're just layering in like an industry average to, to kind of set a, a benchmark. So we're benchmarking against the industry as well as our own historical. So here payroll is a percentage of sales Again, you're really not disclosing any numbers. So if this is stuff you want to share, you know, certainly your taproom manager may benefit if you're asking them to, to keep their payroll at a certain number relative to sales. This can help them manage that. Your manager's salary as a percentage of monthly sales, probably something that's, you know, for your for your ownership team, your management team to be looking at. Employee turnover, uh again, a good thing to kind of monitor just to make sure, you know, because it could be a training issue, could be a you know, hiring issue, onboarding issue. Any number of things can contribute to that. And then your sales per square foot. So Larry's asking, should payroll include payroll taxes? My answer here is just be consistent with whatever you choose. This particular example does. It's kind of a, a fully burdened payroll. I'm not sure this, has, uh, this does not have health insurance or benefits, but payroll and taxes I would put in there. Now Alex is asking, is sales per square foot total brewery square foot or tasting room square foot? So in this example, this is this is just your tasting room. So you could certainly look at the aggregate. I think one of the things I get into in the course is really separating your 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 tap room from your brewery operationally and financially. Uh, so for the purpose of the question, this is really square foot for your tap room. Continuing the key metric scorecard, this is just a quick look at how you could set up the turns by tap handle. Again, your velocity. So how many handles do you have? How many turns did you have last June, this June, and what's what's your goal? So again, this may be something you guys are doing, and and you're all over it. Uh, we're starting to do this, and I it just—it's been very eye-opening in terms of what sells well, what is really slow. Again, you—you you have a feel. I mean, you've got sales data, but you don't always look at it. So this, I think, is an interesting way to kind of put it up there and and cast it in a different light. The third scorecard we want to look at is the huddle scoreboard, as I as I talked about earlier. So we'll be looking at taproom sales, margins, expenses, and profit. And again, if you don't want to use dollars, you can use percentages, and I'll show you how to do that. And you can also drop in a couple of additional metrics into your financial scorecard as well. So here's a snapshot of what that looks like. Again, I you guys have probably seen a lot of financial statements in your time, and they can they range from just outright awful, unreadable to to pretty good. I really defer towards a, a simpler approach. You know, there's there's really no reason that your your P and L should have to have more than four or five lines on it. Certainly, if something doesn't look right, you want the backup to dig in, but really a strong advocate of keep it simple, keep it usable. Don't scare people away from the numbers because there's lots of good information uh, that they can find here. So in this example, financial scorecard, again, we're taking the same approach. What did we do last June? What's our trend this June? And what's our goal? And in the percentage of sales column, that's where you could simply use those numbers and eliminate the dollars if you want to huddle up with your team and share this information. So you can focus on all of these percentages are just one or two. So for example, if all you want to share with your team is, you know, we need to get our total income at 40% of sales, and that's, that's one way to accomplish it, or we need to keep gross profit at 80% or north, that's another way to, he, so on stuff like this, education is going to be important because they're like, I don't know what that means, I don't know what our expenses are. So the scorecard itself is simple, but it's really going to be a great teaching and training tool for you guys and your teams uh, to really dig in and understand these numbers. So keep the numbers simple, uh, but understand that if you want people to help out, or if you want to help out, you got to understand this stuff yourself. So I've also got lots of training on that in the the membership area where you can, I I really feel strongly, again, about simplifying this information. Don't oversimplify, but enough so people can, can understand it and actually do something with it. So that's our... Financial scorecard, so the last scorecard we'll look at is the one number scorecard. so the question that is asked in the book the one thing is what is one thing that you can do that will make everything else easier or unnecessary I think it's a great it's a little wordy but if you ask if you think about that if you it's a great question when it really helps again focus you on either the most important thing or something that's really going to eliminate a lot of problems and headaches so. Give that, ponder that question. And again, I think it'll help you keep the most important thing, most important. It helps you identify it. And again, the scoreboard is going to help you remember, keep it front and center. So it's 100% focus on one number, one question, one routine. Again, we're primarily focusing on financial stuff, numbers, but it could be anything. It could be a routine. It could be a routine of every time a customer walks in, you tell them about new merchandise that come in maybe you're upselling on something, perhaps that could be. So Christine is asking for a few examples of one things. Is it usually related to paying founder funders back? If you are a startup, I don't know if it's usually, I think, you know, it's a, it's kind of a personal thing because each business sort of has uh unique challenges, unique opportunities. So you really kind of have to do it uh, for yourself. I mean, as I said earlier, my one thing is, is really cash and, Everything revolves around cash. Do I have enough now? What's coming in? My debt structure, the right one, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I can't just sit in a room and think about that. I got to talk to people. You know, I talk to our operations people. What's the equipment looking like? How you know are we going to need to you know replace anything? Are do, are there any enhancements coming up? We talk to the sales guys. You know, how are things looking out there? On and on. So that's a one thing for me. For these guys. So I've got IBM, Facebook, and the Patriots. So the Patriots, you know, love them or hate them. I know. I don't know what our audience is here, but I'm guessing it's probably not a love, not a lot of love. But obviously, their their mantras do your job. That's it. Do your job. You know, go out there. You know what you're supposed to do. Do your job. Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, was in the beginning, everything was about the the, f- the focusing question: Does this increase revenue? So that was that could. I'm not sure that fits on a scorecard so well, but you could say, you know, everything we do, does it does it fundamentally help us increase revenue? And IBM had a had a a a more of a philosophical approach in the beginning. They were just, they basically said, you know, where do we want to get to, where are we and how do we close the gap? And they would ask that question every single day. So they would have kind of a a scorecard of where they were and what they needed to do to accomplish that. So I hope that helps Christine. I would say use those questions to identify your one thing. If, if you've got uh, funders that you need to pay back for sure. I mean, that, that certainly could be the one most important thing. So the one number scorecard can literally be as simple as this. This is really just a cutout from our sales scorecard. We're just looking at sales growth percentages. We set a goal, we monitor our trend, we look at what we did last year. Um, you can drop in industry averages if you know it for what for what's around you. They're so all over the place. It's it might be tough to benchmark against that. So benchmarking against yourself in this in this example. Other examples of one numbers, you know, maybe it's you're trying to grow uh, an email list. So customer emails collected, you know, you set a goal, maybe you didn't do it last year, so there weren't any. Uh, so your goal is hundred. Maybe that's your one number event tickets. You got a big event coming up. You want to sell 200 tickets. Maybe that's your one thing. And then my favorite, and maybe someday your favorite, that one on the bottom, EBITDA exclamation point. So again, bankers love it. Investors love it. By and large, it'll, it, uh, it will help your cash flow. With with some caveats in there, but you could set a goal on EBITDA and work towards that. So, parting thoughts on scorecards: they do, uh, if you keep them up long enough, and you do the same thing long enough, they do look like uh, wallpaper, and people will ignore them. So, if you think about, you know, you may have these safety signs: 50 days since our last accident. Uh, That is a scorecard, but if it's the same thing all the time, people tune it out. uh, They don't even see it anymore. Quick story: we put up some security cameras in a. Long ago, and uh, at first, people were all wigged out. We told them why we were doing it, and then after a time, they forgot they were there. And we had one guy just stealing stuff. It's like, dude, there's a camera right there. So they let you know people really do once they get used to something, and they see it all the time, they don't see it anymore. So recommendation is, you know, change it up occasionally, not all the time, but you can do something as simple as as I note here, or put it, put the scorecard in a new location if you're going to post it. Maybe change the colors or, or the fonts. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but it does have to be a change every now and again. So people will pay attention. So wrap up and action items. So action, this is really what this is about. I appreciate your time and I hope you get some value out of this because that's really most meaningful for for me is that, again, I've I've learned some things and want to share it with you guys. And I'm hoping that you can take action on it and see some results, uh, positive results. So again, the purpose of a scorecard, measure the most important thing, focus on it every day you, know, you got to include your team if you have teams educate them communicate the information use different scorecards for different reasons so you got to find your reason ask those focusing questions maybe you're solving a problem maybe you're taking advantage of an opportunity use these scorecard templates i mean these may not be the right ones for you but hopefully they give you some uh, some food for thought and uh, use your past performance and as a benchmark to improve. Yes, look at industry averages. They're interesting, but really past performance is the way to go. So I thank you for your time. Again, the replays will be available. should get a link on that. I'll send out the deck so you guys have this. Um, If you have questions, oh, David's got a question. I think I missed something going back to taproom manager salary example of 50% of sales, but that only leaves 50 to cover the cost of sales and operating. Yeah, I It's it's a funky metric, but here's the way it works: is you're really looking at 50% of a one month sales. So if you sell 100,000, as an example, 100,000 through your tap room in one month, 50% of that's 50 grand, and that's where you want to benchmark your manager salary. So it's if if you do the math on that, you know it's significantly smaller than you know it's more like less than five percent, I believe. So we'd have to I'd have to pull out the calculator for that, but basically. At a hundred grand a month, say it's a million two, and you're paying your taproom manager five percent. That's you know, four percent and change on an annualized basis. So, I I agree that industry benchmark is a little bit confusing, um, but hopefully that that clears it up. So, if there's questions after, uh, you know, feel free to pop them in right now as I'm wrapping up, but you can always email me. uh, It's carrie at beerbusinessfinance.com. If you haven't subscribed, you can just go over to crapper and and subscribe and share it if you would like to. And the annual membership, this is going to be valid through tomorrow. There's a 20% discount on the annual subscription. And again, you get the member area and that includes the tap, the full tap room course as well as a number of others and stuff is added to it all the time. So I thank you guys very much for jumping on here. I hope you learned something. I enjoyed sharing it with you. And Justin's got a question. He says, "Is any of the four scorecard types the most useful, important for a startup?" You know, I'll go back to the cash. I mean, a startup brewery, you know, is it Tom Petty song? Like a, you know, takeoffs and landings are always the most dangerous. So your startup is—it's a tentative time, right? You want to make sure. Uh, I would say focus on cash. I would say of the four scorecards uh, that I showed, I would probably focus on a key metric of cash, and I would look at you know, your cash balance, basically just do a a quick cash flow report. And I'd be happy to send you some examples, Justin, uh, that you can jump in. Yes. Do I have any free ones? Yeah, I'll send you one. But the basic takeaway is, you know what you got, you can focus on any customer service, making great beer operations, X, Y, and Z. But if you, if you run out of cash, you're, you're done, you're cooked. So regardless of what your favorite is, please focus on cash. You know, I've seen, seen so many and worked with so many breweries that you know, almost got to the startup point and just said, oh, I'm out of cash and they couldn't get it done. It's a really an awful feeling and it's totally avoidable. You know, this stuff, it's, it's tricky and it's tough to get going. Uh, But with some good planning and just a few simple tools, uh, you can really avoid, avoid a lot of that. So, all right. Thanks everybody for, for joining and go forth and build a great scorecard in your tap room today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.